It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by Derek Parker of Draft Digest to discuss the NBA draft, what the Thunder should do at 12, can they trade up, can they move back, what prospects are standing out right now, and more on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. Our Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod and email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're joined by Derek Parker of Draft Digest of Inside the Thunder and his own YouTube channel with Heat Check, a profile on a lot of draft prospects which is great work as well to discuss the NBA draft lottery, what the Thunder should do, who are the biggest winners and losers from the lottery, from the combine, and where we're looking here a month and a half out of the draft. Derek, how are you doing? 
I'm doing good, man. I got to I got to sit down and watch the lottery yesterday like everyone else. And then unlike everyone else, I got violently ill all night last night, um, which was so unfun. But you know what? I'm powering through to be here just for you, Rylan. Look, that means a lot. And that's why we have you on the show, because you are one of the best on the beat, DP. You just power through everything. You're a soldier. <laughs> I mean, you, you get off work at like 6 o'clock and you're in the arena by 6.10. It's just amazing. It's amazing what you do. Uh, Derek, and including with the NBA draft. So you were violently sick. Uh, also, a lot of people were violently sick as San Antonio wins the lottery and their Incredible teams segue. did not. Oh, it's, 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 it's all about segues in this business, Derek. That's all you really need to know how to do. Uh, I was sick to see, to see the Spurs got lottery luck again for another generational big man. The Thunder, however, they sit at, at pick number 12. What are the best options for the Thunder at pick number 12? I think there's a lot. Like when I go, I I tweeted out today, I got my list together, my official list of like everybody that I could see them looking at, whether it's their fit, their best player available, a little bit of both players they just generally like. And it was like 15 or 16 guys. And that is why, and we'll talk about it later, I think the value at 12 maybe isn't the best. So maybe moving up or down as an option, but at 12, it's been popular recently, which means it absolutely won't happen, but Leonard Miller will be there. Uh, you've got shooters and potentially Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, Kobe Bufkin's been thrown around a little bit there. There's a ton of options, international players, Koulibaly, Rupert. There's just so many options and, and we'll dive into all of them. It is an interesting spot to be in. The Thunder have been picking at 12 before. There's no stranger. You've seen all the tweets by now. Jalen Williams last year, uh, Nick Hollison, of course, and so on and so forth, Stephen Adams. But at 12 in this year's draft, it's kind of why I've talked about trading up and back on the show already because you know the, the separation between those talents might not be significant enough to, to pass up an opportunity to move back and collect additional assets. However, with the Thunder already owning a ton of assets – they could look to move up in this draft. Do you have any like surprise targets that you are looking at that if you had to try to try to out Presti, Sam Presti, who, who is the guy that you think isn't on your list of like ideal targets or like uh, standard targets that if it happened on draft night, you'd say it's a surprise, but it's not like jaw dropping. Are you talking about a team or a player? A, like, like a player, like a, like a prospect that the Thunder take at 12 that you're just like, who? Um, I think CD Sissoko is one that I think would be a surprise, but when you look at in terms of what the Thunder have valued before, he really wouldn't be. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Kobe Bufkin to me, it would be a surprise for me at least. I don't see it. I don't really get the appeal there. Uh, Jalen Hood Shafino, again, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think it would be a surprise there. Um, I mean, there, there's just so many options. There's a, there's a little bit of intrigue with every single one of them. So I think that it's clear that the Thunder are going to look to trade up or look to trade back or just basically just look to move. Uh, the Thunder have a great draft day streak right now going where they've made a trade on draft day in each draft since 2019. 2019, of course, they moved back for Baisley to take him in a more comfortable spot. They moved up for Pokashevsky because the secret was out on Pokashevsky the entire time that the Thunder wanted him. They had to move up to 16 to go get him. Uh, and then they moved up for Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the second round of 2021. And then, of course, last year, they bought back into the first round to Gadusman Jang. 
Do you think that the Thunder will keep that streak alive and and make some sort of trade? I absolutely, 1,000% think they'll keep the streak alive. It might not be the typical fireworks that we've seen in the past. They might not go grab another lottery pick like last year, but the underrated thing about good basketball drafts is that it keeps pushing the tiers lower and lower. So yes, those top three are amazing, but it also makes the top 10 better, makes the top 20 better, the top 30, and it keeps going. So even if it's Presti saying, hey, I'm going to go get this guy who's at 25, who I wasn't expecting to be there, or even 35, I think a move is absolutely going to be made to go get their guy. It might not be as flashy as people want, but I think a move is definitely going to be made. So when you're evaluating the Thunder and looking at trade trading up, are there specific teams that you would target for a trade up from 12? Would it be you know, the Jazz that stand out to a lot of people, maybe the Mavs, like, or, or would you get incredibly flashy and track like the Pistons? What, what to you would you view as an ideal move up from 12? Initially, I kind of took a look at the entire standings. You know, three, four, five have already been reported that, that they're on the trade block. It was less than 24 hours removed. The Rockets and the Blazers and the Pistons are already like, we hate it here. So those are the, those initially jump out and, after some deliberation with myself, I don't think any of those are really going to be on the table. You know, Oklahoma City doesn't really have anything that those teams value in terms of in terms of what they're going to give up. So I think you take those away. The highest it looks like to me you could get feasibly is like seven, eight, nine. Like you said, I think the Jazz really stand out. Maybe you send back the top ten predicted top 10 protected for next year and they move back three spots. It's a nice quick and easy little deal, but either way, I mean, there's going to be people at 12 that, that the thunder are going to have options for regardless. So I don't know if moving up is necessarily in the cards. Interesting. Not necessarily in the cards. Now, if they wanted Dries Walker, they would have to move up. How far up would they have to go for Dries Walker? Who is my personal favorite of the draft? Yeah, he's one of my favorites too, for sure. It he it feels like he was hand built in a lab for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, just embodies everything that that they want, both physically, mentally, character wise. Just again, built in a lab for OKC. I don't know how high they'd have to go because that no man's land of like picks four, five, and six. Nobody wants to be there, but like that's where you might get Jarris, and that's like a, I mean, that's really hard to get to. But if they don't want to be there, it's such an interesting conundrum. So. You'd probably have to go as high as six, I'm guessing. Now, are you going to get there? I'm not sure. From 12, it's really, really tough. It would be tough. Now, Taylor Hendricks is another player that Thunder fans love. I think it's another player that you love and you'd still have to move up for. I don't think that Taylor Hendricks is going to fall to 12. Is his range more obtainable in a trade-up? You would think, but honestly, in the last few weeks, he has really, really gotten buzzed. I, I was thinking about it today because I've had him mocked around 12 myself for the longest time. And even within the last few days, like people are mocking him at five, six, seven, like it, his jump has been astounding. So uh, three weeks ago, I would have told you that his stock was lower than Jairus Walker. But now, I mean, specificity wise, like he fits with the Pistons better than Jairus might due to shooting. He fits with the Pacers better. He fits with the magic much better due to shooting. So it might not be easier to get there. I'm not sure. Now, Derek, I'm going to ask you a very important question and this will really determine the fate of the rest of the pod. (laughs) Give give us your breakdown on Grady Dick. I have two words for Grady Dick. 
that dude. Grady, My man. I tweeted it out yesterday on Lotto Day. I, it would not shock me if the Pistons, and, and you can call me crazy, I, said, I included that in the tweet, if the Pistons looked at him at number five. I think he gets a rap as being just a shooter. He's six foot eight. He's smart as a whistle. He can pass a little bit. He's got great overall basketball feel. He isn't an impeccable defender, but he's intelligent enough that he is 100% going to be a wash at least. His shooting is the most projectable I've ever seen from a draft pick. I think he's got it. it. Like, whatever it is, I think he's got it. I don't think he'll be there at number 12. I included him in my list of, like, potential targets for Oklahoma City, but I would be shocked if he's there at 12. So I think, I think he's a guy with some legitimate star power down the line. I can't quantify it, but I just I feel that way. Now, are whistles smart? I always hear clean as a whistle, but are whistles smart? They are to me. They are to me, especially when refs are blowing them. You well, got to be smart with that whistle. You, you do, and, and you've got to be smart. Or you'll get from the fans. Yeah, and you've got to address them by their first name, as we learned from Mark and Al Horford. <laughs> uh, what, what a trick of the trade that that is uh, in our next right. media game. We'll have to use that uh, uh, for the refs, the non-existent <laughs> refs at our media games. Uh, but Derek, coming up, I want to ask you an important question about Leonard Miller, who is rising up the boards rapidly, but what's rising up your boards, or should be anyway, is going to eBay Motors, because eBay Motors is there for you, just like a championship team. You need everything to fit right, and you need every single perfect fit to build yourself a championship squad. It's just like creating a vehicle. Uh, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you go and get parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors, get the guaranteed fit, and you can be there right now and find the perfect parts, perfect fit all the way around. You can go there, add your car to my garage, and then you can look for parts with the green check mark, and they will tell you what fits for you. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to get it done right when you have the right parts and the right fit or your money back guaranteed. Go there right now to eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. DP, joining us today on Locked On Thunder. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Derek Parker joining us of DraftDigest.com, of InsideTheThunder.com, of Derek Parker on YouTube. He check. Great series on YouTube. DP, our draft profile and projection series here on Lockdown Thunder shifts into Leonard Miller tomorrow. One of my personal favorites. And DP, you can, can you can attest to this. You can testify for me. The day of Sam Presti's exit interview, I was actually talking to you and I told you I'm a Leonard Miller man. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to name names, but there were there were particular members of the of the prestigious media who, who <laughs> scoffed at that notion. DP, what's changed? What's changed from that day to now? He's being on big boards as high as 10. It's it's the narratives, you know? People just take it and run with it. They, they No, I'm just joking. He, he uh, 
he's a good basketball player, man. At 19, he dominated the G League, uh, put up some insane production. He's just good. And I talk about it in my heat check video. There's sometimes that he looks raw and, and he looks a little bit out of place. He looks a little funky, a little awkward. But you can deal with it if the production is there. And it's especially true for his three-point shot, which looks funky as all get out, but goes in the basket for whatever reason. And that kind of is a microcosm of his whole draft profile. Like, he looks funky, he's weird, but if it works, it works. And I think that, honestly, is kind of a microcosm of what the Thunder are trying to do, too. They're funky, they're weird, but it's working. And so, Leonard Miller, I think, is just going to shoot up boards. At the Combine, he tested phenomenally. He's big, he's fast. I think he's 6'8", without shoes, has a 7'2", wingspan, somewhere in that range. Just elite rebounder good with the ball in his hands, good on the break. He's just a good basketball player. And it doesn't always appear to be that way, but the production backs it up. And I I see him as a riser. I really do. Seeing him as a riser is a lot of fun and music to my ears as a Leonard Miller man myself. Now, maybe this is the uh, kiss of death that I've put on a few prospects, but I really do like Leonard Miller. And I was interested to see kind of what what, what his kind of range was or why he was leaping up in the order. So talking about trading up, we've talked about the Jazz and what it would give them. One that I highlighted yesterday, which I want to get your thoughts on, is the Dallas Mavericks. I think that the Mavericks clearly want to trade their draft pick for obvious reasons. If they're going to want to trade their pick, they're going to get, get kind of a, a, a veteran back for it. However, what if there's no rotational veteran for them for the pick, for, for pick 10? And they're going to have, to have to take a prospect anyway. They're going to have to take a prospect anyway because they can't find the veteran value for pick 10. Why not move back from 10 to 12 pick up an additional first round pick for a team that is low on future assets. And then you still get a guy comparable to pick 10, but the thunder get the guy that they absolutely love at 10, whoever that might be that falls. Do you think that there's a pathway to a trade up to 10? There could be, I will say, I think that is probably less likely. I I think the Mavericks are more win now than any team on the board. So like you've got the trailblazers kind of in that middling and kind of spot you've got the hornets there a little bit the mavericks are in the most dire of circumstances because they don't have any young players i mean they've got what Jaden hardy uh the trailblazers at least have like Shaden sharp if they were to trade dame like they've got a horizon like it's there they've done their time with dame it hasn't worked they can easily move on from this situation the mavericks are not there like they are in it for the long haul with luca as long as he will allow so To me, I think they maybe even take lesser value if it means getting someone back, like a veteran win-now player, even over picks, which theoretically you would think would land them even more assets. But I think it would be hard to get a deal done, but not impossible, definitely not. Because, I mean, like you said, they're they're only moving back two spots for another asset. So we've we've crossed that off the list potentially. And I I think that it's safe to cross off like a, pipe dream scenario and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the Rockets at four, I think even if you gave them 12 and their stuff back, they wouldn't trade four because, because there's a shot that Amon is just like a star and, and you'd rather have that than, than pick 12 and, and, and your own picks back, which if you're terrible enough, you're going to get them anyway. Uh, and then the, the Pistons at five, I think that they're in a weird spot because I, I don't love the idea of trying to nurture the development of Cam Whitmore with a first year head coach in that environment. But there again, draft day trades typically happen whenever you can 
trade with a team, but still get your guy. And, and whoever their guy ends up circling on at five is not going to be there at 12. So do you think that those two are just like complete pipe dreams and not going to happen, even if the Thunder tried to like overwhelm you with future assets? I think the Rockets especially can be crossed off the list because they're not, they want to star for whatever reason. They, they don't want to draft a player. It, it seems there's been reports today that they're ready to just trade it. They're ready to get James Harden and they're ready to ride their 40 win seasons off into the sunset for whatever reason that is. I don't know, but that's going to be really, really hard for Oklahoma city to help with because even if they give them all their stuff back, that's not going to be more valuable than four in the eyes of whoever is giving up the star, if that makes sense. So the Rockets, I think you can definitely cross off. The Pistons isn't out of the realm of possibility, but you would have to move up once already, I think. You would have to maybe get into the like seven through nine range so that they would know they would maybe get Cam Whitmore there instead of five. So it, I won't cross the Pistons off, but I think the Rockets are, I, I don't see it. And we're clearly going to cross off the Blazers, right? Like the Blazers might want to trade their pick, but it's not a perfect match for what the Thunder are willing to give up. Right. Yeah. Even the, the players there, I think, just don't really fit with what Oklahoma City is trying to do. So when we're looking at trading down, because we, we both aren't in love with the value at 12. If you look to trade down, is there any team that jumps out to you? I've been running with the idea of like, maybe you can get something good out of Utah to trade back with the jazz uh, with, with their pick later on. And they get pick nine and 12 in this draft. And then you pick up their pick, which is like what three or four picks later than 12. So I think that that might be an option, but then again, it, it's tough to love the value of trading down either. What, what would be your ideas of trading down? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options. Brooklyn's got those back to back picks. Uh, they're a little further down at 21 and 22, probably a lot further than people would like but that's kind of the idea is to get a pair instead of just the one at 12 so maybe you could work some some three or four team deals to where you end up with maybe uh, at atlanta miami they swap some role players around after after some playoff losses you never know but i think anywhere in that 15 to like 22 range if you could nab two spots there i think you'd be in really good shape and being captain of draft digest with Nikki crane you've got to pay attention to the future drafts too is 2024 as bad as people says it is as a draft class and with that being said would you use some of those four future picks in 2024 to buy back into the first round even possibly like you said at a lower point in the draft just to have another shot at first round pick in this draft class i i'm very singularly focused on 2023 so i don't want to speak like broadly on the 2024 class but to my knowledge i don't i don't see how it could be as bad as people are making it out no they don't have a women yama they probably don't have a scoot but i think it's crazy to say at this point in time that it's a bad draft class like at this point last year we didn't know taylor Hendricks was going to do what he did at central florida we didn't know jalen hood shafino was going to be good like there's so many varying factors right now that I, i just can't call it a bad class this far out and again i haven't done like tons and tons of research but what was the other question oh yeah the uh the picks in that draft i was sitting there thinking about that today i think i would buy back into this round it's it's not like you probably can't get similarly valued players in 2024 but at this point people are big on the timeline we've always been big on the timeline here in oklahoma city 
at that point, like the player is seven years younger than Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like you just get a little further removed. I, I really think this class is good enough that there's a ton of gems in that like 15 to 25 range. Again, it, it pushes the tiers back further and further. So like Nick Smith Jr. might be 19th. Like you just never know. You, you might be able to get insane value. Derek Whitehead might be in the twenties at this point with his surgery and whatnot. So I would buy back in. I would take a shot, whether it's win now players, whether it's a, a raw prospect, I, I would do it. And we're already seeing kind of like insane value in that range before we even know with a draft day, like, you know, surprises are like this. There's always going to be a draft day surprise slippers down the draft. So DP, now I really need your excellence here coming up. I'm going to talk about put you on the hot seat for some of the more, more polarizing players in this draft. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, you are a team every day. We're joined today by Derek Parker, Draft Digest, Inside the Thunder, and his own YouTube channel, Derek Parker, where you can see his heat check videos, which break down these prospects. Let's start with, by far, I think, the most polarizing draft prospect, Gigi Jackson, who I have seen as high as four on Rafael Barlow's NBA Big Board, Lockdown NBA Big Board show. Go check that out. I've also seen him as low as, like, into the first round. What's the deal with Gigi Jackson? Yeah, like you said, when you think of polarizing, it is Gigi. Like everything that happened, he started out the year on such a high and and it slowly kind of whittled down. His efficiency was really bad. He ended up kind of losing a little bit of his role. After that, he kind of a little bit maybe went on Instagram Live and a little bit like complained about that situation. So, and, and on top of all that, he's the youngest player in this class. He reclassified from 2024, where he was the top-ranked guy in that class. So the, the very definition of polarizing is Gigi Jackson. When you open up the dictionary, it's just his face plastered right there. So he's super interesting, though. And he is a guy that I definitely put on my target list for the Thunder at number 12, just due to his potential. I mean, he's six foot nine. He's going to be, like I said, 18 and a half on draft night. He, as a creator, is one of the more advanced guys in the entire class at 18. At South Carolina, he he showed stuff that guys at six foot nine just should not be able to do. So he's just kind of a mixed bag in terms of what you're going to get maybe mentally, but the on-the-floor product, the ceiling is just at an all-time high. Now, you had a tweet yesterday about liking Keontae George at 12. And me and our good friend, Brennan Rabar did not love that idea. S- sell us. We act like you've got Brennan here. You've got me here. Put us, put us in the executive boardroom. Have a meeting with us. Why should we buy into this pitch of Keontae George? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let me get in the mindset. Rylan, Brandon, Keontae George is one of the better players in this entire draft. If you were at all ever even slightly excited for what Trey Mann could be for the Thunder, you would be flabbergasted, nonplussed at what Keontae George would do for this Thunder squad. I I have him 
as high as six on my personal board. I think he is that talented. He is one of the more innate scores I've ever seen. And here's, here's where it all boils down to me. Really? He was getting top five hype the entire year, all year. He was a top, I want to say six or seven talent in his class. He had the scoring to match. He elevated his game in every single area that people were down on his passing and playmaking his defense. All of that was good for a good Baylor team in a good big 12 conference. And then he tweaked his ankle last five games, pushed through it. The percentages dropped off. And for some reason, he's fallen out of that top five, top seven hype. I don't understand it. I think he's a phenomenal basketball player. His shooting is some of the best in the class. The percentages don't look great, but the volume, he shot seven threes a game, 36%. That's better than a lot of people. And he has the, the shot versatility to match. I just think he's a really good basketball player. I, I really do. He locks in on defense. You can tell he cares a ton. I like him. He's one of my guys for sure. One of your guys. Look, that was a great sales pitch. I think if we were on Shark Tank, I think we'd buy into the pitch on Shark Tank. So I, I really do uh, appreciate that. Now, inform the audience about a special riser who has seen a climb this week, really, into, into the more um, subconscious of the more casual draft viewers. That is Bobby Clintman. Hmm. Yeah, he uh he is a I believe he's like six foot ten. He can light it up from three point land. I think KOC moved him from 40th to 15th on his board, which I'm not going to pretend is not completely intel based. Um, but he he's interesting. I've seen some people on Twitter saying, Oh, maybe the Thunder grab him at 12. If there was a promise, I don't think it's at 12. <laughs> I think it's more like fringe first round promise for him the guys with that type of production i think he averaged five points on a on a team that didn't even make the nit tournament they they just don't they don't get drafted that high it doesn't happen i i know the like intangibles are exciting they're enticing but i don't see lottery with clintman i don't know if i even see top 20 so he's intriguing though he's a flyer i think he is a flyer for sure. And I'm glad that we're on the same page. That's the nice way to put it for uh, Bobby. But yeah, I think that it was kind of Intel based and who knows, maybe he'll actually go that high. Uh, now some, some more normal names. Give us the down low on two more prominent players in the, in the draft sphere right now, Kobe Bufkin and Kaysan Wallace. Yeah. So starting with Kaysen. He is one of the, he's a Kentucky guard. I think he's six foot three, probably the best perimeter defender in the entire class. Drew Holiday is like an extremely overused comparison for people across the board. But defensively, when I look at them both, like they're really, really similar. He can kind of swap between that like tweener point guard, shooting guard role. He can hit catch and shoot shots. The percentage is kind of tapered off there near the end of the season. But Kaysen is a dude that, He's going to win you basketball games, like point blank, period, full stop. He is a winner. You can tell he has that mentality. He's probably not a popular pick among the Thunder community. I've been trying to like weave my way in there and like drop seeds here and there that like Kaysen could be the guy. Like, I'm not saying they would ever move on from Lou Dort, especially not in like the short term, but he would be a cheap and very good replacement for Lou Dort that could probably hit some more catch and shoot shots than Lou Dort. And even if not, if you throw them both out there, like now what are we working with? If you flank 
Shea and Josh with two of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league. Payson's an interesting pick for sure, especially with his, like I said, he can swap to point guard. So if you've got Josh, Shea, and J-Dub manning the the starters, Kaysen Wallace as your backup point guard and one of the best defenders on the team for crunch time, like that's a great pick and it makes Oklahoma City even more versatile. Uh, the other one's Kobe Bufkin who tweeted out the other day, I sadly cannot join the Kobe Bufkin lottery hype train. I'm jumping off mid-stop. I can't do it. He's a good player. He's fun. He does a lot of things well. Uh, he can pass and play make a little. He can score. He can score from the outside. He plays a little D here and there. He measured taller than we thought he would. But there's just no elite, elite skill. And maybe maybe that's why some other Thunder media people think he might be the pick is because he's he's fairly versatile. He can do a lot of things. But I just don't see... I don't quite see his role outside of being a backup point guard in the NBA. And I don't think you draft that in the lottery. Now, Derek, I really appreciate your time and letting us pick your brain here as a Rolodex of draft prospects. Let's end on this one who has, a, has met with a thunder already. Derek lively. What, what is the, the fit look like between him and Chet? If you did plop onto this thunder roster. I think that's the million dollar question. I mean, his block rate, even in limited minutes, was like really, really good. The fouling, you could kind of live without, but I think that's something that would get better as time goes on. Again, I think he's 7-1, built pretty similarly to Chet. Having them both on the court at the same time would be probably a a double rim protector situation, I'm assuming. I, I don't know. The fit is funky. Offensively, he's nothing nothing to write home about at the moment. In high school, I think he was consensus number one. Um, and, he, and he flashed a little on the three-point line, but I think that's a, a super far project waiting in the wings to happen. So he's interesting. I, I definitely wouldn't look at him at 12, but if, again, we, we look at that trade back into the 15-25 range, if it's all about versatility for Oklahoma City, he, he adds it for sure. It would be interesting. I, I think that I think that he would be someone that you would not take at twelve, but have to buy back in for in the first round. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, one hundred percent. He, I'm guessing, will go somewhere in the eighteen to twenty five range. To me, he seems like a warrior. Like my head cannon just tells me he's a warrior. They're going to take the shot on him, and he's going to be some generational dude ten years down the line that we're talking about. Like, how do you ever get there? But no, I I, I think he's kind of a traditional short-term and maybe stretch big down the line. Derek, I appreciate you joining us. Let the fine folks know where they can find you on Twitter and what you got cooking. Yeah, I, I cook a lot over at Twitter at D park. Okay. Uh, bad takes just left and right there. I'm chucking them every which way uh, on YouTube at Derek dash Parker. Uh, you can find all of my writing at draftdigest.com and inside the thunder.com. Again, bad take city, but that's the spots. Great takes from Derek Parker. As always, <laughs> if you think his takes here are good, you should hear him in the media dining room. Maybe we'll record those conversations <laughs> next year. Who knows? But Derek, can't wait to see you again, buddy, uh, here in a couple of weeks. Until tomorrow, folks, be good. Be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.
Thank you.